0: One day the siege will end and and the um, baseball as well as all sorts of other sports and activities will be be much easier for, for folks in Gaza to, to participate. In. The Electronic Intifada.
1: The Electronic Intifada.
0: The Electronic Intifada.
1: This is the Electronic Intifada Podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman.
2: And I'm Asa Winstanley.
1: Welcome back to the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman. Today, we're taking a look at both the cultural boycott of Israel and how Palestinian baseball players are trying to make a place for themselves on the world stage. Joining us today is Robert Ross. He's a professor at Point Park University and the author of The Great Baseball Revolt, The Rise and Fall of the 1890 Players League. He also wrote a fantastic feature for us in March Entitled "Call to Boycott Team Israel at World Baseball Classic," Bob. It's so great to have you with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast.
0: Thanks. It's an honor and pleasure to to be with you here.
1: It's a it's a nice uh, you know way to talk about uh, everything that we talk about on EI and and also sports at the same time, which I know many of our audience um, doesn't hear about you know on EI frequently. So this I think this will be a really fun episode. Um, You interviewed several players uh, for Team Palestine, and we have some video clips of them talking about baseball under occupation and restrictions and some video of players in Gaza uh, playing baseball coming up in a few minutes. But first, I want to have you talk about the cultural boycott calls that happened during the World Baseball Classic in terms of the Israeli team. Uh, Which I should mention, um, Puerto Rico wiped the floor with them on March 13th during their game. It was a combined eight inning perfect game by the Puerto Rican team with a walk off and a 10 to zero score. I guess that's the next best thing to a full boycott of the team. Um, In the piece, you wrote for us that, quote, backed financially by the Jewish National Fund, the team serves as a distraction from the human rights abuses and massacres the state and many of its citizens have been carrying out for several decades now, the boycott advocates argue The latest official roster for Team Israel indicates that only one of its players was born in the Middle East. The rest are Americans going out of their way to play for an apartheid state. And the New York Times also did a a splashy story on the Israeli team, of course, portraying it as an underdog, scrappy. They even used the the term David and Goliath uh, team with players, quote, connecting with their Jewish heritage. Can you talk about the sports washing that happened last month at the World Baseball Classic and the call by Palestinian civil society and Palestinian athletes to boycott the team?
0: Sure. I, I think as as all your listeners know, um this year this has been particularly brutal for Palestinians. And um, you know, from from day one, um Palestinians have been killed, particularly in, in the occupied West Bank, um, more at a, at a rapid, more rapid rate than I think since the second Intifada. And with the, the new openly racist, um, unapologetically racist um, militant right wing government of Israel, um, we've just seen this escalation of, of all of the sorts of tactics of the occupation and ethnic cleansing that have been going on for, for decades. And of course, that continues to this day. I was just before we started talking, I was reading about the attacks at, at Al-Aqsa. Um, and so amidst all of this, we have this, this baseball team, Team Israel playing in the World Baseball Classic on an international stage. And as you said, they've been portrayed in the media and they portray themselves as this underdog, as this great little story, these American players connecting to their Jewish heritage. And and sort of this conflation of, you know, as as Israel often does and as Zionists often do, this false conflation between Judaism and and Zionism, that you know, representing Israel is is really one and the same as representing one's Jewishness. And I don't know any of those players personally, and I was not able to speak to any of them. And I, I don't know if they know what, what Israel is doing. They should. Um, but they nonetheless represent this this brutal apartheid um racist nation state. And so Palestinians, um, whom I've talked to called for a boycott of um of Team Israel. And this is in line with the ongoing uh cultural and sports boycott. PACB, the Palestinians for Academic and Cultural Boycott of Israel, have been calling on for, for what, almost 20 years now? Yeah. Um to boycott institutions um, that normalize um, the the oppression and the exploitation and um, ethnic cleansing, occupation of of Palestinians, and so Team Israel is is no different than um, you know the Israeli national ballet or um, a, an Israeli national orchestra that is sent around the world, um, really in a manner that. Uh, normalizes Israel as if it's a, a a normal nation state like any other, and not a, a sort of rogue state that um, is committing all sorts of human rights abuses. And so, um, I I spoke with folks from PAC-B, um about this, and and the call was was quite clear and simple to to boycott Team Israel and to ask um, the organizers of the World Baseball Classic to exclude Israel from the tournament. Of course, that didn't happen. Um, But I think it did, you know, at least um, the conversation was out there. Uh, And and there are a lot of, there are actually a lot of sort of progressive lefty baseball fans out there. That's not the majority, but I think more so than than a lot of sports. And so I think uh, hopefully at least this conversation started among folks who, um, you know, like me are huge baseball fans, but also don't want to support uh, human rights abuses.
1: Right. Right. Uh, And on the other hand, we have the Palestine team, which didn't play in the World Baseball Classic, but did have a chance to play in the West Asia Cup, uh, where they came in second place. They got uh, silver. Uh, Tell us about the makeup of the Palestine baseball team, how they built the roster, and what baseball looks like under apartheid occupation and displacement.
0: Sure. Um, I discovered the existence of the um, Palestinian national baseball team as I was researching for the article about the call to boycott. I did not know that such a team existed. Um, and it's in part because they, they were just formed recently. Um, this was their first international tournament, the West Asia Cup. And it was formed by a bunch of guys, um, Palestinians in exile, uh, mostly in the, in the United States, uh, a lot around the Chicago area. Um, but also some players from Gaza. Um, Baseball is actually a small but growing sport in Gaza. There are some folks in Gaza who just, for whatever reason, really wanted to learn to play and have um, improvised. And and men and women in in Gaza have been playing baseball for almost five years now. And so the team consists of, I think, five players from Gaza and um, I want to say 18 or 20 from who are Palestinians who are based in the United States. Some are college players. Some are a couple minor league players. Uh, a few former college and minor league players, um, but really good, legitimate baseball players who um, who just kind of um, surprised the international baseball community by by doing so well at the West Asia Cup. These teams are are not bad teams. Um Pakistan has been good for, for quite some time. Nepal has a good team. India has a good team. Um, and Palestine came in second, uh, lost to Pakistan in the in the final and and really put up um some good quality baseball. And I just found it so exciting um that that Palestine had a team and it was such a thrill and an honor to speak with um some of the players from the team. And I just was so impressed by Um, how proud they were to represent Palestine and also how proud they were as baseball players. They take their craft really seriously and they, um, they're proud that they, they, they did so well uh, on the international stage.
1: In one of the clips that we'll go to um, up first, uh, the the player um, talks about how uniforms were donated um, by you know various NGOs, including PCRF, the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Um, t- you know, like I- I'm just struck by how I'm sure the siege that has been in place for what now 16, almost 16, 17 years. Uh, on gaza has has probably made it really difficult for players to um get uniforms and equipment um, and also just, you know, the space is what is playing baseball look like in Gaza?
0: Mm. Um, that's a good question. It looks like. Um a lot of fun <laughs> men and women, boys and girls have been playing baseball like I said for about five years um in Gaza and having a lot of fun with it. but often if you look at um some of the video clips, they don't have bats, and so they hit the ball with their hand um and they catch the ball with their hands and you know they run around the bases just like any other baseball uh, player and so it's only um you know some folks recently have had access to bats and gloves. Um, and of course the space is limited. they often play on, on soccer fields, um, in, in Gaza. Um, but there, you know, there are not baseball diamonds cut out like, like we have in, in North America. Um, so it's a small but growing sport and, you know, people are tenacious about it. Like people in Gaza are about everything. Um, and, uh, they're, they're, they're still managing to to play baseball despite being under siege despite not having access to to equipment or to spacious fields um and or you know much less electricity at night to play during the evening. so uh it's it's really inspiring to see it's um, you know we're we're i'm I'm speaking in from North America where. Um, kids here have like literally thousands of dollars and resources to to play um play baseball at, at various various levels so um yeah it's it's great to see that the kids are still really persevering through that and and hopefully um you know uh one day the siege will end and and the um Baseball, as well as all sorts of other sports and activities will be, be much easier for for folks in Gaza to, to participate in.
1: Bob, let's go to our first clip. Um, first, uh, we're going to hear from Tarek uh, Suboh, who hit the first ever home run for the Palestine team during an international game. Um, let's, uh, yeah, if, if you want to talk a little bit about Tarek and um, the significance of like his home run, and then we'll go to the mm-hmm.
0: Yes yeah, so Tarek is a catcher for Team Palestine um has played organized baseball for for most of his life uh currently lives in northwest indiana near chicago and um i just i'll, I'll let him speak for himself but I, I he he obviously took so much pride in in this home run the first home run um by anyone in in palestinian organized baseball history um and as you'll, you'll hear, he describes the, the, the abat and the pitch in, in quite detail. Uh, and it was a, it was a big jolt for, for um, the whole team and and for all of the, the Palestinians and folks in solidarity who were watching at the time.
3: It was a form of, it seemed like it was, it was, it was a form of activism in a sense that so like, hey, you know what, a lot of people don't think that we should even exist. And we, we saw a lot of hate online and, Mm-hmm. you know the trolls and stuff like that and whatnot but we we also felt a sense of pride and duty to Palestine and Palestinians and mm-hmm. we put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces mm-hmm. uh, we we were I mean people again were baseball's very very grassroots stage in the Middle East in general so not everybody understands our sport but they understand that we were having success mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people took pride in that fact so for us it was bittersweet uh but overall it was very positive and 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 warming um that we were able to do that
0: yeah cool cool what was it like to i understand um like some of the guys in the team are from gaza mm-hmm. and then you have folks across the u.s like what was it like to bring like everyone together I, I imagine that was the first time you guys were all together. yeah it was the
3: first time that everyone was together uh it's funny that you asked that i mean it's so, again, we're, uh, the majority of the team is from the States, which makes sense. You know, there's not baseballs, rampants running through the streets of, of Palestine. Um, but with the Gaza guys, it was really cool experience. They got to see baseball from a different level that they're used to. You know, they're used to just kind of playing. It's, it's, Gaza was introduced baseball in 2017 uh, by, uh, you know, a group of of, of players that were on our team actually. And, uh, you know, so they're used to kind of playing with each other and it's very like beginner level baseball. And then they came to Pakistan and we met met up with them. And I think that they realized like, wow, like, okay, like we're actually, these guys are pretty good. Um, so it was really nice to show them like, Hey, like we, there are Palestinians out there in, in the world that can play baseball at a high level. And, um, it was just kind of nice sharing the field with guys that have never truly seen high level baseball like that, uh, and hopefully that that will turn into inspiration for them, and to bring home to Gaza um, that like hey you know what this is a serious sport and we can compete in baseball for years to come, and and hopefully that my hopes that it is inspires a you know a spark of the youth playing baseball in Palestine.
0: Mhm yeah that's that's awesome. Could you could you take me back to that the home run? Uh do you remember what what kind of pitch it was? Like what Yeah yeah what I remember that very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Really just focus on focus on his command, I mean just following through with this curveball. I mean his curveball is bread and butter right now. And there it is right there. Oh that's a shot. Oh, a boy
4: with a shot to the right to center field to left field. Excuse me, it's over the fence. That is the first Palestine home run of the tournament. It's a two-run jack for T-Rex. And that is a huge shot, and that is going to make
3: him rethink his off speed pitches, don't you think? Well, when you hang them, you bang him like that, and that was one heck of a hit to left field. He sat back on that ball and just took it where he could and put it over the left field fence. What a sweet swing there by Palestine to take a big commanding lead. That was a huge swing. So he threw me a first pitch splitter, which okay. was pretty nasty. I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, that's a good pitch. I fouled it off. Huh. And when he threw me that, I'm like, okay, like, he's going to throw me some junk. So, like, I, I really need to, like, sit back and see it come all the way in and, you know, make sure I'm not swinging out of my pants. And he threw me a curveball right after that, which he probably should have stayed splitter because mm-hmm. it was a really good pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, he threw me a curveball and it hung up and I saw it all the way in. And as soon as I hit it, I, I knew, I mean, I've, I've played a lot of baseball in my life and you kind of know when you, like, get enough of one. Yeah. So I I hit it and I was just uh, just watching it. It hung up forever, and the guy seemed like he was about to park under it. I'm like, is he really gonna catch this ball? Like, there's no way that this is not leaving the yard. Um, but no, I saw it go over the fence. Everyone went wild. I was really happy for my teammates, honestly, because they were they got super excited. Yeah, when I'm rounding the bases again, I'm thinking like, man, I hope my my family w- was watching. Like,
0: yeah, I knew my
3: wife it was unlikely for her to stay, stay up because we got two young babies. Oh, wow. so I'm like, you know, at least my parents or some of my cousins and my brother or something, you know, somebody. Yeah. Luckily, I got a ton of messages and stuff after the game, like saying like, wow, amazing, that was great, and then it was kind of went all over social media too. And
0: yeah,
3: to be the first ever um, to hit the first home run ever in Palestinian international baseball history is def- definitely something that I'm going to hang my head on. And it's one of my proudest home runs for sure.
1: That was Tarek Saboh speaking with our guest, Bob Ross. Uh, let's hear from another player, Nader Hamoud, who's also in Chicago and was a contributor to the electronic Intifada. Um, what position does Nader play?
0: Nader is what we would call a utility player. He plays, he can play just about any position um, plays in the infield, plays in the outfield, Excuse me. Also, has um, been playing organized baseball for for most of his life, and um, he, in addition to to coming off the bench and playing um, for for Team Palestine in this tournament, he also did some play-by-play. Um, this was a, a, a grassroots effort, and and so there's you can go on YouTube and watch these the whole videos of all the games, and and some of the games, uh, Tarek is or um, sorry Nader is is uh, doing the the play-by-play announcing as well.
4: Uh, I don't know the exact, you know, exactly what they went through, but from what what they described, they were, you know, they had to stay in a room that was like the way he described it. We took like this small bus everywhere, mm-hmm. in Pakistan, and Ahmed Dawisher said we would we stay in a room that's like basically smaller than this bus, wow. um, for five days to get here,
1: mm-hmm. and
4: then to go back they'll have to stay three days to get back in a small room like that. Mm-hmm. So they definitely had a tough journey getting there. And, and I commend them because they've been playing baseball for only, you know, five, six years out there, you know, the, like, I guess there was, there's like pictures of Palestinians playing baseball, like back in the forties and fifties, oh, wow. but really like nothing concrete has been really established there until re- most recently. Yeah. And and it's mostly in Gaza, which is wild to me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they barely have any like you know place to play or equipment um one of our teammates uh which was steve sosoby who is the who runs pcrf
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, he went out there shortly before the tournament and dropped off like donations that that we had that people had collected for them like you know bats and gloves and balls and stuff like that so really the cool thing about them coming out here uh, despite their uh, inexperience in playing the game is they got to learn from guys that have been playing their entire lives mm, nice. you know <clears throat> whether it was you know like seeing how you know we keep score or you know a lot of the guys too you know it's competitive baseball so even me I, I got two at bats I played mm. two innings throughout the tournament so it's very competitive yeah so you know i think some of the gaza guys only had like one at bat and like one time on the field or whatever yeah and they were in the beginning like why am i not playing but when they got their opportunity and they saw the speed of the game they were like oh i have a lot to learn so it was good to get them, them that experience so they realized oh this is a whole new level of baseball we have a lot more training to do and you know, a lot of guys too are motivated, and hopefully, you know, doing camps out there, you know, just to get the get the game growing even more. You know,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So once you all got to to Pakistan together as a team, what was that like? Like the joy of playing together and putting on the Palestine jersey? Like, what did that feel like? I mean, to be honest, we
4: were the joy was there. Everybody was excited, especially like seeing guys from Gaza show up like that. That put a motivation in everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it didn't sink in with the guys, to be honest with you, until after our first game or two. Mm-hmm. Um, really, guys were really more worried, competitive guys, you know, worried about, am I going to play? How many innings am I going to play? How many at-bats am I going to get? It's just the competitive nature of athletes, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but once the game started getting, started rolling and these games were live streamed and we'd get pictures from Gaza, the West Bank, the U.S., videos yeah. of people watching us then it set in yeah. then you had guys go oh now I really got to play hard I don't care who plays we just got to win and we got to <laughs> win for them like nice. that's how I felt I didn't care about my endings played or anything like that as long as we got the W and the people back home were just like super it just blew our minds that
0: they were watching baseball <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I bet I bet I mean it was also like just the timing, you know, for for you all to be playing together as Team Palestine amidst like the yeah. massacres in Janine and, and oh, just yeah. everything that's happening. Like that must have been just like a I don't know what 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 was it what was that like for you guys? I mean a lot of guys,
4: you know, we were like, you know, we get to play this game we love and the people back home are, you know, suffering really bad. Me personally, you know, it was tough. Like, just focusing on a game, a silly game, when your people are constantly just being berated with bad news after bad news after bad news, death after death after death. It was definitely, I'm, t- to be honest, for me, it was rough. Like, I didn't really ask my teammates how they felt, but they mentioned it, you know? They mentioned, like, like even before games, like, uh, you know, Steve gave a very, before our first game, Steve gave this very, impass- like, passionate speech about, how about like the three prisoners who escaped the prisoners who escaped with a spoon you know and it was like yo they can escape with a spoon we could defeat anybody with these bats you know like (laughs) it was just like I don't I'm just I'm paraphrasing but man like I wish I was recording because I had been recording the entire thing and sometimes guys said some very uh passionate things that that just missed the camera and uh but man that that fired up everybody on the team that before our first game and then we went out there and we thrashed uh Nepal 21 to 1 and then we shut out the defending champion Sri Lanka 10-0 and then we destroyed Bangladesh 14 to 3 in the semifinals and then we just made too many mistakes in the finals
0: yeah
4: yeah and everybody has an off day you No, know, we we sent out our 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 best pitcher who shut down Sri Lanka you know there were just a few errors made in the first inning that we didn't really bounce back up from we didn't execute the same way we were at the ba- at the plate. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first couple games, guys were very aggressive at the plate, swinging at first strikes, driving it up the middle, getting a lot of hits. And then the, the finals, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know, maybe after getting down a couple of runs, people got tight, but mm-hmm. it just we just we didn't score any runs. I think it's only like the seventh or eighth inning, which mm-hmm. you can't you're not going to really win much baseball games if. You take, if you go two thirds of the game without scoring.
1: Uh, and Nader also talked about the Israeli team and the sports washing um, that uh, is happening around promotion of of the Israeli team as, as part of brand Israel. Let's go to that clip.
0: So for folks like baseball fans who might not really know much about Palestine or anything, uh, if they tune into the World Baseball Classic and they see Team Israel, like what, what would you want them to, To know and um what would you say to folks who maybe were planning to to go to a game or or whatever like
4: i would say like what i told my teammates if if for whatever reason we were in the same tournament as them we'd boycott that game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's just it's it's whitewashing they you know and sports washing is actually the right term for it and just know that every time they take the field and we normalize with them you're normalizing the occupation you're normalizing deaths of children and women and men that don't deserve to die that that want to live that they want to you know grow up with their kids and want to enjoy their land that's literally all palestinians want to do and we can't even do that even uh while we were out there in palestine settlers uh through they like set one of the house in on fire and a car on fire uh, like 15 settlers came and broke in and and, and set fire to the place. Um, a, a two weeks before we left to Pakistan, settlers burnt my, uh, my, my aunt's car, my aunt and her husband's car. And my aunt has um, like, you know, she's, she can barely walk. My, 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 my her husband is deaf so, like, having a vehicle is very important to them. Like, hailing a taxi or, you know, doing all that stuff is very difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, to get a taxi in Tormesaya, they live at the top of the hill. They would have to walk down a hill, walk, like, another block and a half, and then go wait for the taxi there. And that's difficult for them, you know. Mm-hmm. So to have, and they're and also, they're not, they don't come from means. So they don't have money to just replace the car. And I don't know if people know this out there, but, to get a car to replace to get a car into Palestine or to ha- to buy it. it's way more expensive than to buy a car out here, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just just knowing that technically that team shouldn't exist.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: There should only be a team Palestine because it should be Palestine, okay? And and it should be a group of guys that are uh, whether they're agnostic, Muslim, Christian, even Jewish, because that's what Palestine was and that's what it still is to today. Mm-hmm. there just happens to be a large group of people now living there that have been you know exported into our country that hate us don't want us to even be alive so that's what i want people to know when they see that team coming up and i want them to just either turn the tv off mm-hmm. you know or write to the world baseball organization and tell them that they shouldn't be a part of the organization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i remember when i was in college i even wrote uh, an article a uh, I had my own sports column where I wrote to FIFA saying that they they should expel Team Israel from FIFA because Palestinian soccer players, like even young guys, can't even go village to village to practice or play against each other without the threat of being attacked by settlers or even soldiers or settlers being guarded by soldiers. Like it's just, I, I just can't believe this is still going on in 2023. It's just, it's mind boggling to me
1: finally, Bob, you spoke with Ramzi Yassin. Tell us a little bit about him and what position he plays on Team Palestine. Um, and and he also talked about expressing solidarity with Morocco for what they did for Palestinians during the most recent World Cup. Um, talk a little bit about him.
0: Sure. Ramsey is a college student actually at Roosevelt University in Chicago, and he um, plays on their baseball team and both for Roosevelt and for Team Palestine. He plays First and third base. He's an excellent hitter. He's one of the most productive uh, hitters on Team Palestine. And um, he talked about, uh, among other things, a moment where um, after one of Palestine's wins during the West Asia Cup, the the team gathered for their team photo and they had the Palestinian flag and someone brought out a Moroccan flag as well. Um, and this was to... Uh, Express solidarity and thanks to, to Morocco. Um, As many of your listeners know, uh, during the world cup, Morocco, um, after many of their matches, they brought out Palestinian flag and expressed solidarity with, uh, with, with Palestine. And so this was just a a small way to sort of say, um, you know, we see you, we, we are with you. We, we stand in solidarity with you. We, we thank you. And uh, it it was a beautiful moment. And, and I think it, it, it touched the players a lot and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, reached across the miles to, to Morocco as well.
1: Let's go to that
2: clip. Our our fellow Moroccans, we had to show the love and support because you know, in 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 Qatar, they um they represent us well, and you know, they uh, they didn't have to do that. And you know, obviously, we are not on a global standpoint like that yet. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you is that I know I know the the talent that we have on this team, and I know the talent that's out there that are Palestinian baseball players is that I know for a fact that we can get there to that global set point. Mm-hmm. But even though like we're representing Morocco and like we don't we don't have that much of a like a platform like they did for us. Every single win after the World Cup, they bring out the Palestinian flag and, and wave it for us and they take a picture with it. Mm-hmm. Is that does that does so much for the Palestinian cause because it's like there were there were so many biasness going on even during the world cup and it's just everything in the world around the world cup time was a lot of like different opinions about different things and and even right now it's still like that but just being able to let let morocco showing them a little love the same way they show us although we're little we're still small there one day though we'll be just as big as um and still waving their flag like they did for us
1: bob where does team palestine go from here um where does the sport go what are players talking about when they um envision you know the next season for team palestine and and you know for years down the line
0: sure so next up for team palestine is the asia cup uh which i believe will be in taiwan it's tentatively scheduled for november um, things are not completely set in place, but that's the plan right now. And Palestine has qualified, um, for the Asia cup by finishing second in the West Asia cup. And this will be a really competitive tournament. You know, this will be, um, Japan and Korea and Taiwan and, you know, all of these, um, baseball powerhouses across the world. So it'll be a, it'll be a really, um, good competitive tournament. And I know Palestine, uh, the Palestinian players will be, um, quite eager to represent uh, represent Palestine in this tournament and everyone i talked to expressed a lot of hope that just by by playing in the west asia cup and by doing so well they're going to attract more players uh, to come out to play for palestine and they all said there there are other palestinian players out there for who for whatever reason were not able to play with the the team earlier this year in the west asia cup but they're hoping that you know their success um previously this year is, is going to really bring more players out so you know this is a legitimate team they are they're quite good and you know it's to me it's it's as beautiful as great Palestinian literature great Palestinian filmmaking you have on the one hand folks who are representing with pride um, Palestine and the the movement for liberation in return and on the other hand, who are, are doing something they love that they're great at, that they're proud of, um, in its own right. Um, you know, just as we we celebrate, say, the poetry of Mahmoud Darwish as great poetry, regardless of who he is and where he's from, he's also this, you know, says so much for and about um Palestine. And I think the the baseball players should be seen in a similar light. They are um they're representing Palestine in, in very honorable ways. And they're also just great baseball players. I mean, as a baseball fan, I just I enjoy watching them play. And as someone who is in solidarity with Palestine, I'm I'm happy to to see them and and excited to see them, um, you know, wearing the pee on their on their hat and Palestine across their chest. It's it's pretty awesome.
1: It's great. Yeah, they're really, really fun to watch. Um, We'll have links to some of the games of Team Palestine uh, recently at the World Asia at the West Asia Cup um and we'll also have a link to your recent feature on the cultural boycott sports washing and team palestine uh everything is at electronicintifada.net um bob ross thank you so much for all of these interviews and for being with us on the electronic intifada podcast
0: mm, thank you so much Nora. it's a pleasure and an honor thank you. thank
2: you thanks for watching this video please subscribe to our youtube channel hit like leave a comment These engagements help us with the YouTube algorithm and it helps us to get around Silicon Valley censorship as much as possible. It does make a difference. You can also support our journalism by going to electronicintifada.net and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you.